Welcome to the Vintage Church Podcast. Vintage Church is a movement of truth, love, and community. For more information, visit VintageChurchNola.com. Here is this week's message. Well, good morning. Hey, some cool stories, huh, in those videos. Last week, we kicked off this series called Discover, and I'm excited to be back. If I've never met you before, my name's Dustin Turner, serve as the lead pastor of Vintage Church And uh, you got to meet one of my friends last week, Dr. Bo Rice, an awesome, awesome man of God who uh, loves the church, loves the seminary, and I was so excited that he was able to be here. I was traveling. Thank you for allowing me to be gone. I was in Ohio uh, for a week. It was uh, a little cooler, you know, 75, 80 with no humidity. Don't, Don't hate. So I was there visiting family, and then I was in the wedding of uh, one of my best friends. We've been friends for 26 years. Literally met on the school bus going to kindergarten, and we're still friends. It's, I know it's crazy. I, oh, that's so sweet. So I did that, and then uh, I drove 14 hours from Ohio to back to New Orleans last Monday. That's always a lot of fun with two children. Uh, you know, potty breaks and screaming and yelling and uh, a ton of Disney movies. So we had a lot of fun there. And then Tuesday morning, I woke up really early and got on a plane and flew to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania to visit Pastor Rob Wilton. And so uh, that was fun, not the flight and not the early morning, but getting there, being there, seeing all of the fun stuff and the exciting things that are happening in Pittsburgh as we begin to work to plant Vintage Church Pittsburgh. And so be, be on the lookout. You're going to be hearing so much more about that. And I'll tell you what's even more fun about that whole trip. So we got there Tuesday, Wednesday. We wanted to get back early Thursday. So we had a 6 a.m. flight from Pittsburgh. So we were up. I, I traveled with Chris Wilson, our media arts director. We were up at 3.30. And nobody is more excited to be up at 3.30 in the morning than Chris Wilson. I'm just telling you. I've got a picture, and I might show it to you guys later. He was excited. So I'm back, and we've been in this series for uh, two weeks now, Discover, where we're looking at, we're looking at what, what has God gifted us with? God, what has God give us, given us purpose with? What's the impact that we can make in the lives of people here and the lives of people in our city? Last week, Bo Rice talked about uh, how we are to live united, how we're supposed to discover our unity, that in Christ His church, we are one body. While there's not uniformity, there is unity. In the midst of diversity, there's unity. And today, what we're going to talk about is how we have to discover our purpose. How we've been gifted by God with spiritual gifts to use to build up His body. This is one way to to think about it this, this week for this sermon. Each member of Vintage Church has been graced with God-given gifts to serve others and grow the church. Let me say that again. Each member of Vintage Church has been graced with God-given gifts to serve others and grow the church. That's what we're talking about this morning. And if you know anything, I brought some tools this morning. Here's one of my favorite tools. The spatula, right? Because we all like to eat, and I like to eat. The spatula is an important tool. Here's another tool that I don't like to use, but sometimes have to. A screwdriver, right? We use a screw. I mean, some of you are like, I don't even know what that is. Uh, Is this a Phillips or a flathead? Okay, good. Some of you are more skilled than others. And then there's this tool. Hopefully all of you used it this morning. The toothbrush. Very important tool. Now, here's the, 
Here's the thing. Have you ever needed one of those tools but not had that tool, right? And it's, it's interesting of the kind of the improvisation that you have to go about trying to figure out how you flip a sandwich on a griddle without this. You know, you, I mean, I've burnt my hands before, so that's a lot of fun. Or this is the worst, not having a screwdriver when you need a screwdriver because then you just try to find anything and everything like a key and then you break your key in the midst of trying to turn something. How many of you have been traveling before and you've needed your toothbrush, but you forgot it, and so you had to use your finger? Yeah, yeah. And the finger, I don't think, is, was designed by God to brush the teeth, quite like the toothbrush was. I mean, and so the reality is, we, and you could come up with so many other different tools, right? There are so many different tools that we have in life that we need in life that have a purpose, that we, they're, they're used for something. And if we try to, I mean, just think about using your toothbrush, toothbrush as a spatula. That, that doesn't work, right? Or, uh, you know, the screwdriver as your toothbrush. <laughs> Some of you come in here with no teeth, which would be even more scary, right? I mean, these tools have a purpose. And there comes a moment or a period in life when you need that specific tool to do a particular job. And if you don't have that tool in that toolbox, it's more complicated. Life is more difficult. And I think that's what really what Paul is wanting to teach us in Ephesians 4. That each and every one of us, if we know and follow Jesus, we've been gifted with a gift to use in his church. And so for us... What we've got to come to is what is that gift? We have to discover that purpose and then pick up that gift or that tool and say, okay, I'm going to use that gift or tool. And so today we're going to be in Ephesians 4, starting in verse 7. If you don't have a Bible, lift up your hand. Our Connect team would love to get you a copy of God's Word as our gift to you. Take that home and read it. Last week we were in verses 1 through 6, again, talking about unity and today, I just want to read a few verses, verses 7 through 12. And if you kind of keep these ideas together, what we're doing is breaking these few verses down into three different sermons, but it's one idea for Paul, okay? So he's been talking about unity. He's brought, God has saved all of these people and brought them into one family that we would be unified. But in our unity, there's diversity. Starting in verse 7, this is what Paul says. But grace was given to each one of us. According to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower regions of the earth? Don't get caught up in all of that. We'll talk about that in a little bit. He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens that, might, that he might fill all things. Verse 11. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. Now I'm going to stop there. Verse 13 we'll talk about next week. And so what I, here's the question that I want us to think about this morning. How do we discover our purpose? How do we discover our purpose? The first thing that I want you to see this morning is that we have to seek the source. 
We have to seek the source in verses 7 through 10. Paul reiterates who the source is. If you go back and you look at verse 7, he talks about the grace that was given to each one of us. In verse 7 again, according to the measure of Christ's gift. In verse 8, and he gave gifts to men, that is Jesus. And in verse 11, he goes on and he says, and he gave the apostles, Jesus. The source by which we have these gifts is God. In Ephesians 4, it is Jesus who gifts these gifts to the church. If you go and look in other parts of Scripture, like 1 Corinthians 12 through 14 or Romans 12, what you're going to see is that these are called spiritual gifts. And the reason they're called spiritual gifts is because they're given by the Spirit. Paul makes it a point. Some of that confusing stuff in verses 8 through 10 is all about Jesus. Paul, in verse 8, he quotes a psalm. When he ascended on high, he led a host of captives. What? And he gave gifts to men. Jesus ascended to heaven, right? When he died and resurrected from the grave after being on earth for 40 days, he ascended into heaven. And what Paul talks about is he also descended to to earth. He put on flesh and dwelt among men. Jesus is the source of our gifts. And I mean, if you think about it like this, I mean, think about some of the things that we use in life. Right? Maybe your car. Your car has multiple different sources, if you will. I mean, if your battery is dead, are you going to be able to go anywhere? No. If you run out of gas, are you going to be able to go anywhere? No. I mean, how many of you are like me? You wait till like five miles left until you put gas in your car. I'm just, I just keep waiting for that little uh, diagnostic to be wrong, and then there I am stranded. So you have that, or maybe you have your cell phone, right? You've got to plug it in, right, to an electrical source to charge it, or our own bodies, I mean, if you think about your own body, you need food and you need water. If you're not connected to that source, you're not going to get the power you need. And the same thing can be said for our spiritual gifts. That's why we have to seek the source. The source is Christ. The source is God. And if we aren't seeking the source... We're not going to be able to, A, discover our gift, and B, adequately use our gift. And so we seek the source. We look for the source of where these gifts come from. And it's a reminder to us that once we discover our gift, we don't stop seeking the source. Right? Once we discover how the Lord has gifted us in our spiritual walk and in our life, that doesn't mean, ding, 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 I've arrived. Like, hey, I don't have to worry about reading my Bible, praying, coming to church, doing any of those things. I'll just use my gift. And that's not how God designed us. He gave us that gift to use that gift as we continue to pursue him. And don't forget this, that we have that gift because we have Jesus Christ. Every week I go back to this and remind you time and time again that the greatest thing that we have, the greatest news that we have is the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
that Jesus came to earth, that he was God, that he put on flesh and dwelt among men and lived the perfect life that you and I have been called to live but can't live, and he died the death to forgive our sins, and he resurrected from the grave that we might have life. That's the gospel. And I think for some of us, our challenge is once we find the gospel, we go on to newer and better and bigger things. And man, I've got this really cool gift. It's really exciting, you know. I can talk to people or I can do this or, you know, some of you I know want like X-Men or Marvel gifts, right? I want to be uh, Nightcrawler. Anybody X-Men? I mean, he can just like disappear and appear somewhere else in a matter of seconds. That's the gift that I really want. That's not a spiritual gift, I believe. Uh, but that's the gift I want. But you see, the, the problem is we get so con- we forget about the very basics. The gospel begins to bore us. But the only reason you have the gift is because of the gospel. And for some of you, you're probably you're here and you're like, man, these gifts sound really cool. Like, can I get one of these gifts? And the greatest gift for you to receive is the good news of Jesus Christ. His death, burial, and resurrection to save you. We sang that, we sang that song earlier about being lost in our sin. That we were born sinners, separated from God, and that the only thing that could reconcile us to God is what God has done on our behalf through Jesus Christ. And what the Bible says, if we repent, if we turn away from our sins and in faith turn toward Jesus, we can be saved. For some of you today, that's the first step for you, is turning to Jesus and trusting in Jesus. For some of you, as we think about these gifts, it's being reminded that the point is not to seek the Lord for the sake of the gifts, but to seek the Lord for the sake of the Lord. And when we do, we will know and use our gifts in the right way. To be reminded that the the ultimate arrival is not to discover your gift and use your gift, but to know the Lord and use your gift because of the Lord. So how do we discover our purpose? We seek the source first. But number two, the point is not just for us to know where our gifts come from, but to actually use the gifts. So how do we discover our purpose? We seek the source, but we use the gifts. If you look in verse 11, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the the shepherds, and the teachers. And here in Ephesians, compared to places like Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12 through 14, Paul focuses on offices in the church. But I don't want you to get caught up in offices versus gifts, which one, what. Paul's really saying the same thing. He's reminding the church that these are things that God has given to the church. 1 Corinthians 12, 11 says this, all these are empowered by one and the same spirit, going back to the source. What's the source? The spirit, the one and the same source, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. To who apportions to each one individually as he wills. The point that Paul is trying to make is not like, get, don't get lost in, well, I'm not a teacher, I'm not an evangelist, I'm not a, a prophet. 
but to see that each and every one of us, if we know and follow Jesus by the Spirit through Christ, we have been gifted with purpose and a gift. Each and every one of us. We have the gift. And if we have a gift, what we've been called to do is use that gift. I've mentioned these before, but you can write these down. There are similar lists like in in Ephesians 4 found in places like this. Romans 12, 6 through 8. 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10. 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11. And here's a chart so you can see one of the things that we do in our Connect Track. It's one of the things that we talk about all of the time. It's the best way at Vintage to take next steps. And in our Connect Track, we have a step called Discover. I know, we're not all that creative, right? Oh, that's why they're doing that. No, we're not, we're not that creative. We just do, the, we do these same things. So we have Discover. And in Discover, we talk about spiritual gifts. And this is one of the the charts that you see. And this is literally just kind of comparing what each of these four passages say regarding all of these different gifts. So things like being an apostle or prophecy or the ability to distinguish between spirits, the utterance of wisdom, teaching, exhorting, miracles, service, leading, tongues, interpreting tongues. We're not going there today. That's another topic for another time, okay? I need another 45 minutes to an hour, and you guys don't want to be here till noon. Uh, Giving, faith, mercy. These are just some examples of what Paul is speaking to when he talks about spiritual gifts. Now, Now, here's what I want you to catch with these gifts, because this is so important. I don't believe that these lists are exhaustive. Paul is just speaking to the realities of the church in the first century. I mean, do you realize this book was written in like, 55, 60 A.D., and here we are in 2018. That's almost 2,000 years of history that separates us. Now, hopefully you know this. The world is different today than it was then. That's not a newsflash for any of you, right? You all drive cars, not ride horses and donkeys. You can thank the Lord for that. Maybe you don't. Maybe you're like, God, give me back the donkey. I need the donkey. I don't need this traffic. So the world is different. And and what I want you to think and see is that what Paul is doing is these are spiritual gifts that the Lord has given to the church in Ephesus in the early first century. And the Lord is still giving gifts to his church in 2018. Those gifts might look a little different. They might be the same. But there's a diversity of gifts that we've been gifted to use. Here's what I want you to think about. How do we discover our gifts? Because I think that's one of the biggest questions. For some of us, we know what our spiritual gift is. And and listen, the, the, the thing that you have to think about is simply willing yourself to say, okay, it's time for me to use that gift But for some of you, maybe you've grown up in the church for a while, or maybe you're new to the faith. You're like, listen, you've been talking about spiritual gifts. I don't, how do I discover this thing? Is there like some, you know, personality profile that I complete or some test or or what? How do I discover these? And here's just some simple things that I think can be helpful for you to think about as you process discovering your gift. Number one, find out the needs of vintage church. 
Now, I say that, that's not like every single Christian should do that, because not every single Christian is a part of Vintage Church, right? If you're a part of another church, go find out the needs of that church. But if you're a part of Vintage Church, find out the needs of Vintage Church. We need free labor. I'm kidding. That's a joke. Wow. Hey, I know it's, it's 947, but you guys can lighten up a little bit, okay? The purpose is if God has placed you in Vintage Church, what that means is he's probably placed you here for a reason. And therefore, the gift that you have might fit and fulfill one of the needs of Vintage Church. So find the needs of Vintage Church. Number two, ask yourself, what do I enjoy to do? Now, that's not the end-all, be-all, right? Because there are things, I'm a pastor. I can promise you, there are things that I do as a pastor that I don't enjoy to do. In fact, I hate doing them. But I just have to do them because that's my responsibility. But one of the ways that I think God has gifted me spiritually is in teaching. And guess what? Teaching, being up here week in and week out or in a classroom, fills me up. It's what I enjoy to do. Perhaps... God's given me that gift, and I enjoy it because it's from him. So what do you enjoy to do? Number three, take a spiritual gift inventory. Now listen, this I I really want to encourage you. This is not the end-all, be-all. Some of you love personality profiles, right? I mean, what the craze right now is the Enneagram, right? How many of you have been doing all of those and reading the books? And I've read the books. There's nothing wrong with it, okay? Here's the problem with personality profiles. It's like you might have an idea of who you want to be. And you begin to complete that profile to answer and show you how you want to be when you're really not like that to begin with. So if you do a, a spiritual gift inventory, and you're like, man, I'm ready to be a prophet. <laughs> and you just start filling out, yeah, that's me. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to call people out on their sin, yeah. I mean, you do all of that kind of stuff. Guess what the results of that inventory are going to be? Ding, 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 you're a prophet. But maybe you're really not. And so, again, this is just another tool. We, in, if you go online, vcnola.com slash discover, in my sermon notes, you're going to find a link to this spiritual gift uh, survey. We also have some of these out in our lobby printed. I'm, t- I'm not telling you to put all of your hope in these few pieces of paper, but it could be a helpful tool for you. And so there's that as well. I think these two that I'm going to share with you now are probably the most important. Number four, seek godly counsel. You have a really hard time sometimes kind of stepping outside of yourself and getting perspective on your own life. But if you ask those who are close to you, who know you, hey, you're seeing my life, what do you think? They might be able to give you some perspective. And they can do that. Why? Because they know you. And number two, the same spirit that dwells in you, that's gifted you with that gift, dwells in them. And so perhaps it's just good to seek some godly counsel. And here's the last one and the most important one, pray. Because if this is your spiritual gift, then this is something that the Lord has gifted you with, wants you to know, and wants you to use. And so seek the Lord and ask him, God, how have you gifted me? Where, where am I supposed to use this gift? How am I supposed to use this gift? So just some helpful tools, I think, 
to help you think about your gifts. Now, here's the, the next question. How can you use your gifts? And I, I want to talk about two specific ways. Number one, through our V teams. Last week, we talked about that. We have like 150, those are the white ping pong balls, 150 people in the life of Vintage Church that are volunteering. Last week, 17 new people signed up to serve, which is awesome. Yeah. Can we give it up? I have a feeling there are more of you in here who haven't put your ping pong ball in here yet. And we need you. I want, I want to share with you some of these V teams, things like Generations, our V kids and our V students. We have a table out there. Last week's video, you heard from two people who are serving in V kids and V students. Our arts, our music, and our production, our creative arts, everything that you see from this stage to our graphics to production, those sorts of things. And then finally, our connect and our VIP, the people that make coffee for you, greet you, introduce you to the life of vintage. Those are just some of the examples. And you might have a gift that connects with those ministries. You know, for some of you, you're the most hospitable person ever. You might need to be at that front door saying hi to people because there are other people in here, not to burst your bubble, uh, you don't like to smile, and that's okay. You might have another gift that can be used in the life of Vintage Church. These are just, these V-teams are ministries that we have in the life of our church that serve our church. And, and we really do. Listen, I'm, I'm not trying to beg you. We need help in some of these areas because we want to engage more people. Every week, new people come into the life of Vintage Church, and we want to make sure they're experiencing what, they want, what we want them to experience in Vintage, from being greeted and welcomed to their kids being served and taught about the gospel to us being led in worship. And so I want to encourage you, if you're not serving on a V-team, think, pray about it. Think about it. Sign up. We have those tables out in our lobby that give you a little bit more information about some of these V-teams. But I also want you to think about this. What does it look like to use your gifts organically? Because, listen, I would be wrong to say, hey, if you just serve on a V-team, you're being faithful. Now, listen, I think you should serve on a V-team. But if all you're doing is that and you're not beginning to think about how you use your gifts outside of this building, then I also, I don't think you're, thinking holistically because some of you are hospitable people and you need to open your home up that other people would see what it's like to walk into a Christian home and people know knowing the Lord some of you are prayer warriors and you have the gift of faith and you need to be praying some of you need to serve more some of you need to be teaching more some of you, listen, are great at, at arrange, like you have that administrative ability and you love people and you have the ability to arrange meals to care for people. And I know for some of us, that's just really nice things to do. No, listen, that is a particular way to serve the church. And so I want you to kind of expand your mind to think outside of the box. Yes, the V teams, and we're going to spend a whole lot of time in the next couple of weeks talking about that. And I'm going to encourage you in that. But there are other ways to use your gifts as well. And to be thinking about those ways that you can continue to use those gifts. So how do we discover our, our purpose? Yes, we seek the source, we use the gift, but also we work toward the goal. Look at verse 12. Paul is kind of wrapping up this idea and he's taught in verse 11, he is saying this is what Jesus has done. This is how Jesus has gifted the church. Why? 
Ask yourself that question, why? And in verse 12, you answer, he answers it, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. So really, really quick, two questions. What do church leaders do? They do all the ministry. No. What do church leaders do? This is what Paul says, verse 12. Equip the saints for the work of ministry. What does it mean to equip? It means to make someone adequate or sufficient for something. And so, yes, as a pastor of Vintage Church, it is my responsibility not to do all of the ministry, but to equip each and every single one of us in this room, including myself, to do the work of the ministry which is why your gifts are so important because if you have been called by God, saved by God, you've been called for a purpose, you've been gifted, and therefore you use that gift to fulfill the ministry. And don't think about ministry as, hey, that's just that guy standing up here on a platform yelling and screaming all the time because that's not it. It's sharing the gospel with people, serving people, loving people, caring for people, praying for people. That's the work of the ministry. The reformer Martin Luther said this, Let everyone, therefore, who knows himself to be a Christian be assured of this, that we are all equally priests. Luther was coming against, in the 1500s, he was coming against this reality, this divide of clergy and lady, that there were the, the priests in the Roman Catholic Church, they were the religious ones, they were the righteous ones, and then there was all of the other peons. That's a joke, by the way. You guys don't laugh enough. We don't have to be all serious all the time. Luther was against that because he was like, Look, listen, just read your Bibles. All of us have been called to do the work of the ministry, which means there's no divide between a pastor and a person that attends or was a part of a church. Each and every one of us have been called to do the ministry. That ministry just looks different. So what does the church leaders do? They equip the church, but what's, what does the church do? It does the work of the ministry, literally. Exchange the word ministry because this is what it means. It literally means the work of service. And so when you think about ministry, I know what you think. You think about me. You think about us doing music. You think about pastoral counseling. You think about all of those things. Don't think about those things. Think about service. The work of the service, that's what the ministry is. Things like, yes, our V teams, but prayer and leadership, hospitality, teaching, and the list could go on and on and on. That is the work of the ministry. Paul says this in, in 1 Corinthians 12, 7, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for what? The common good. And so each and every one of us have these gifts not to say, man, look at me, I have the best and coolest gift out there. But that our gifts might be used for our common good, for the building up of the body. That's what Paul says, to build up the body of Christ. Which the idea of being built up is literally thinking about building a building or building a structure. And so think about a house, and you're, you're, you're constructing a house. What are you doing? How are you putting together that house? 
And part of what Paul is saying is, listen, the the building up of the body of Christ is both the spiritual and the physical growth of the church. There are things that need to happen within Vintage Church, all of us collectively working together to grow up one another that we might look more like Jesus. That. No, no doubt. Why do we talk about life groups so much? That, listen, that's ministry. If you're in a life group, you are ministering to one another that each other might become more like Jesus. And that's important. But we should also be working and using our gifts and ministering to other people for the physical growth of Jesus that people who are far from Jesus might experience Jesus and come to know Jesus. And so we build up the body of Christ. We use our gifts for us to grow into the image of Jesus, for others to come to know Jesus, for all of us to be more like Jesus. That's the building up of the body of Christ. How many of you have ever been to Washington, D.C. before? Yeah, it's one of my, I'm a history, kind of history buff. I love, and you know, it's such a cheap trip because everything's a, a national park until the government shuts down. And then you can't go to all the national parks. But anyways, that's a, another tangent for another day. There's the Washington Monument in Washington, D.C. I have this picture that I want to show you. How many of you have ever noticed the color difference in the Washington Monument before? Yeah, do you see it in the picture? It's like right here, the color changes in the Washington Monument. You know why? Because there was like 30 years where they stopped wor- working on the Washington Monument. So they raised all of this money in like the 1840s, 1850s to build a monument to George Washington, our founder and commander-in-chief and our first president. And then they got right here, and they ran out of money. (laughs) He said, well, we're just not going to build this thing. You know, it's just here. It is what it is. Then the Civil War happened. And then it wasn't until 1880 when they actually finished the monument. And the reason it's color different is they had to go to a different quarry to get stone. And the stones were different. This is, listen, this is a picture of building up. And here's what can happen. We can, some of us, we work and we build up to right here. And that's all we want to do. That's as far as we want to go. We think the job is complete. When... We've been called by God to build this entire monument. Which is a reminder for us that each and every one of us, for the church to function, it takes each and every one of us. That if we are going to build up the body, if we are going to strengthen the church physically and spiritually, it takes every single one of us. I share this almost every time I've ever led a Connect Track or Connect Lunch or whatever we've called them over the last 10 years. I'm a type 1 diabetic. So that basically means that my pancreas decided to stop working. I was 20 years old. It was 12 years ago. I was 20 years old, never had any issues with diabetes. And all of a sudden, I had all of the symptoms. And so I go to the doctor. I didn't know any better. I just, you know, something was wrong. I had to use the restroom all the time. My vision was blurry. I had lost 20 pounds. All telltale signs of type 1 diabetes. So I go to the doctor. They check my sugar. It's 543. <laughs> I was like, is that bad? 100 is normal, okay? They're like, you should be in the hospital right now. So I wasn't. 
got my blood sugar down. They put me on this insulin. There's really two types of insulin, short-acting and long-acting. And they put me on the long-acting insulin, which kind of works over a long period of time. And for a year, I take that insulin, and my sugar is great. And then I go for my year, my year checkup, and they didn't, this is what they don't tell you, is that when you start injecting insulin into your body, if your pancreas is working at all, it starts to say, geez, Dustin, somebody else is doing my job for me. I don't need to work anymore. I'm going on a permanent vacation. I didn't know that. They called that the honeymoon period in, in type 1 diabetes. And so after that first year, I went from taking a shot once a day to taking a shot with every meal. So now I take shots every meal. I take shot at night. I take a shot in the morning. And I have to do that for the rest of my life if I want to live. Or they come up with a pancreas transplant, which I'm, I'm praying and believing in because I'm ready to eat cookies and ice cream, and uh, maybe I shouldn't do that if I get the transplant. But do you, you see the whole purpose in all of this? And that's what Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 12 and 14 is, listen, my pancreas has a job to do, and it just quit. Now, it quit, but that doesn't mean the job that it has stops, because if the job that it has stops, I die. And so somebody's got to do the work of the pancreas for my body. And guess who that person is? It's me. In the church, each and every single one of us are different parts of one body. Different members of one body. And God has brought all of these different members together to function as one body. And if you are a part of Vintage Church and you're a member of that body, if you're a piece of that body, but you're not doing the work you've been called to, you're not using the gift you've been called to, then somebody else in the body has to come along and say, listen, uh, so-and-so is our pancreas, and they're not doing their job. I don't know. How many of you want to be a pancreas when you grow up? It's not sexy in the least bit, okay? But it is vital for you to stay alive. Someone in the body has to come alongside and say, I'm going to take care of that. But now they're, they're doing two things, three things, four things. When all along, when God has united us and called us to this one body, he's gifted all of us to function as one body. And if each and every one of us would discover our gift and know our purpose and then use that gift in the body, we would be functioning the way God has called us to. And as we use those gifts, we would be building up the body of Christ. That's what you and I have been called to. Some of you are pancreases in this room. Some of you are hearts. Some of you are faces. Some of you are ears, feet, legs, arms. And each and every single one of you are important to the work that God has called Vintage Church to. doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter who you are. If you're a part of Vintage, God has called you to use your gift for his church. 
And so Vintage, my, my prayer for us is that we would not simply discover our purpose, but that we would use the gifts God has given us to accomplish our purpose. So let's pray. Father, thank you for saving us. Thank you that Jesus came to save us and free us from our sin. But God, thank you for gifting us. Thank you for saving us and saying, listen, now that I've saved you, I'm going to use you for something. You are part of the reason and part of the way in which I am going to change this world. And so I pray for us, Father God, that we would, yes, for some of us, discover our gifts, but for the rest of us, God, that we would take an active step and begin to use our gifts. And God, as we step up and use our gifts, Father, that you would help us, God, then together to accomplish what you've called Vintage Church to do. And so this morning, God, as we respond, help us respond in obedience to you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.